Lymphoma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support. Hello and welcome to the Lymphoma Hub Podcast. Today we'll be hearing from Catherine Diefenbach from Perlmutter Cancer Centre in New York, US. Hello, I'm Dr. Catherine Diefenbach from the Perlmutter Cancer Centre of NYU Langone Health, and I'm speaking to you today about some of the abstracts that were presented at First Jewel ASCO in the lymphoma space that are very exciting in immunology and immunotherapies. So I will be speaking to you today about three studies um, involving the antibody drug conjugate polituzumab bedotin, as well as uh, the bispecific antibodies mosinutuzumab, clofitumab, and ecaritumab. And then I'll also be speaking to you about follow-up data uh, that is more long-term data from the LMIND trial looking at a novel CD19 uh, directed antibody called tafacitamab. So uh, this is all, uh, it's always wonderful to have new and exciting data to discuss in the lymphoma space. And um, hopefully uh, we will soon be able to see this data in person again. But here are some of the highlights of virtual ASCO. So there were three studies that looked at the antibody drug conjugate to CD79 polituzumab, uh, polituzumab vidotin, which is a CD79 targeted antibody drug conjugate that is uh, conjugated to colichomycin, a taxane-like compound. And uh, in the first study, uh, of which I was the lead author, polituzumab was combined with rituximab and lenalidomide for patients with relapsed and refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. And patients in this study received induction therapy uh, with uh, uh, 28-day cycles of polituzumab at 1.8 milligrams per kilogram, standard dose rituxan, and lenid escalating doses. Patients uh, who had a response at the end of induction then got six months of consolidation with rituxan and lenalidomide. At the primary analysis, 57 patients were enrolled and the median age was 71. This was a heavily pretreated uh, patient population with uh, 11% who had prior bone marrow transplant and 5% who had prior CAR T and 49% who had primary refractory disease. 65% were refracted to their last therapy. The therapy was uh, quite safe. Um, with, um, although um, there were uh, grade three to four adverse events were experienced by 75% of patients. The most common were neutropenia and thrombocytopenia, which were expected. There was 25% dose reduction of lenalidomide and 63% dose interruption. There was one grade five treatment-related AE, which is neutropenic sepsis. There were 49 patients who were treated at the recommended phase two dose of polar 1.8 and LEN20. And the uh, uh, best overall response by investigator uh, was uh, 74% with 35% of patients achieving a CR. Of those, 82% remained in remission at the cutoff date and with a duration of response of 8.1 months. At a median follow-up of 9.7 months, the median progression-free survival was 6.3 months with an overall survival of 10.9 months. In another study, uh, polituzumab was combined with mosinutuzumab for patients with relapsed and refractory uh, non-Hodgkin lymphoma. And I have to disclose that I was also um, an investigator on this abstract. Mosinutuzumab is a full-length humanized IgG bispecific antibody that targets CD20 and CD3. And it has shown um, promising uh, efficacy as a single agent. Here it's combined with the anti-CD79B antibody drug conjugate polituzumab bedotin. And this uh, study included patients with relapsed and refractory follicular lymphoma or aggressive non-Hodgkin lymphoma, um, including transformed follicular lymphoma and grade 3B follicular lymphoma. 
As of the cutoff point, 22 patients had received Melissa 32% of patients had prior CAR T, and 86% of patients had uh, disease uh, refracted to last prior therapy. Median follow-up uh, was 9.6 months. The combination was well tolerated with neutropenia, fatigue, and nausea, the most common uh, adverse event. CRS was only observed in two patients, both grade one um, by criteria. There was one grade three DLT, which is new onset AFib, um, and the maximum tolerated dose was not exceeded. Two uh, grade five AEs, both sudden cardiac death and respiratory failure uh, were, um, were observed and neither was deemed treatment related. Um, the overall response rate for all patients was 68%, with a 63% overall response rate for the aggressive patients and a 57% overall response for the post-CAR patients. The indolent lymphoma patients had a similarly high uh, response rate and the complete response rate was, uh, was 47% for the aggressive patients, 28% for the post-CAR patients. And uh, this is very exciting uh, data, particularly for, um, for patients who are post-CAR to have a 28% uh, complete response rate and a 47% uh, complete response rate for patients with aggressive non-Hodgkin lymphoma. The next uh, abstract that I'm going to share with you is um, an abstract uh, that examined polituzumab with abinutuzumab and venetoclax in patients with relapsed and refractory follicular lymphoma. So abinutuzumab is a uh, fucosylated anti-CD20 antibody combined with polituzumab, um, as well as the BCL2 inhibitor uh, venetoclax. And uh, these patients uh, received induction therapy every 21 days for six cycles, of which the recommended phase two dose was polituzumab, 1.8 milligrams per kilogram, venetoclax, 800 milligrams, and standard dose of venetuzumab. At the primary analysis, 74 patients were enrolled, 55% had a high-risk CLIPI, and 51% uh, were refractory to their last prior therapy. 55% were uh, refractory to both anti-CD20 and alkylating. 73% of patients had adverse events, most commonly neutropenia and thrombocytopenia infections. 38% had dose reductions. One fatal AE was reported that was pneumonia. 49 patients were treated at the RP2D and were valuable for efficacy. PET-CR rated end of induction was 57%. And with a median follow-up of 14.4 months, the 12-month progression-free survival was 73% with a median PFS that was not reached. The CR rate was 57%. Additional follow-up is needed to assess the PFS benefit during maintenance treatment and beyond. So this uh, study is ongoing. There were two other um, novel bispecific antibodies that were presented at this meeting. Uh, one of them is glofitimab, which is a, a novel uh, two-to-one glyco, uh, novel two-to-one bispecific, which basically allows bivalent bonding binding to CD20 and monovalent bonding binding to CD3, and this is, uh, it, this, the hypothesis is that this allows a higher activation of T cells um, in, with respect to their target cell. Glofitimab was given using step-up dosing on day one and eight of cycle one, and then at the target dose from uh, cycle two, day one, for up to 12 cycles every 21 days. So 52 uh, patients received glofitimab, 28 patients had aggressive uh, lymphoma, and 24 patients had indolent lymphoma. Patients had a, uh, again, these were heavily pretreated patients with a median of three and one to 12 prior lines of therapy. 77% uh, were refracted to their most recent prior therapy um, with an updated efficacy analysis that, that was 
the most recent updated analysis, uh, the best overall response for um, aggressive uh, lymphoma was 64%, uh, with a CR rate of 57%, and a trend of increased uh, overall response with the target dose, with a CMR of 71% uh, at the highest target dose. In mantle cell lymphoma, small numbers of patients were evaluated, but 80% of patients had a CR. And in the aggressive lymphoma patients, 13 of 16 CMRs are ongoing with eight lasting more than three months. For the indolent patients, the overall response rate was 79% with a 70% CR rate and 14 out of 17 CRs ongoing with 10 CRs lasting 13, um, lasting more than three months. The most common adverse events in 52 patients were CRS in 63%, neutropenia in 38 and pyrexia in 32. CRS was mostly confined to cycle one and it seemed, appeared to be dose related. Grade one and two CRS were reported in 18 and 12 patients respectively. Three patients had grade three and none had grade four. So this uh, data suggests that glufidibab monotherapy showed a high preliminary response rate in, uh, in relapsed interfractory non-Hodgkin lymphoma, especially in aggressive non-Hodgkin lymphoma. CRS appeared to be manageable with primarily confined to the first cycle of treatment and was generally globally. Two other abstracts of note, Ecaritimab, which is a subcutaneous CD20, CD3 bispecific, was evaluated also in uh, relapsed refractory uh, B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Patient population was similar to the populations of the studies that I've described. And the overall response rate in DLBCL for ecaritimab was 68%, with a CR rate of 45%. At the higher dose, uh, the overall response rate was 91%, with a CR rate of 55%. For follicular lymphoma, uh, the overall response rate was 80% with a CR rate of 60%. And for mantle cell lymphoma, the overall response rate was 50% with a CR rate of 25%. The median uh, PFS uh, for patients with DLBCL uh, was 9.1 months. And for patients who received the higher dose, the median PFS for, DL, for DLBCL was not reached. So and this is another exciting uh, drug that we have for patients uh, with relapsed refractory, indolent, and aggressive lymphoma. And finally, there's the uh, long-term analysis from the LMIND phase two study of cafecitimab combined with lenalidomide in patients with relapsed interfractory uh, diffuse large B-cell was presented. This uh, basically uh, was a study where patients were randomized um, to the um, an FC-modified uh, humanized anti-CD19 monoclonal antibody plus lenalidomide um, in patients with uh, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Um, and uh, for patients who um, received TAFA plus LEN, there were 81 patients um, at data cutoff. The overall response rate was 57%, including complete response in 40 patients. The median PFS was 11.6 months, with a median follow-up of 33.9 months, and the median overall survival was 33.5 months, with a median follow-up of 42.7 months. There were no unexpected uh, toxicities or new safety signals. So I think this long-term follow-up uh, data shows that, uh, that treatment with tafilin followed by tafacitimab monotherapy uh, provided durable responses in patients with relapse refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma who were not eligible for stem cell transplant with a manageable safety profile that did not show any new uh, or concerning safety signals. Um, and the long-term data does show that the um, uh, that the patients who respond appear to achieve prolonged remission and show a survival benefit in this patient population, particularly when they're um, 
early in treatment at first or second relapse. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening to the Lymphoma Hub podcast. We would also like to thank our supporters, Bristol Myers Squibb, Genentech, Insight, Roche and Novartis. Lymphoma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support.